Welcome to Footnotes of History. This is another mini-sode um, covering a couple of topics that we've mentioned in the email dispatches, which, if you have no idea... <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> if you have no idea what we're talking about, you can get on the... It's, it's our, the dispatches is our, what we call a slightly formal name for our email list, um, which you can get on either by going on the website or footnotesofhistory.com, or you can which I think will probably be more fun, mm. go to footnoteofhistory.com forward slash revolution challenge oh, yes. and then play our sort of 1848 revolution game from, from, the, from the perspective of a, of a scared monarchist, basically. But um, that, that, anyway, that will be more fun. You'll get on the email <laughs> list and then you, will, um, then you yeah. will hear all of this stuff firsthand. But if you don't want to play the game, just sign up. That's the main thing. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. But play the game as well because it's yeah. fun. It's, it's, quite, it's quite good fun. I think yeah, people on Twitter love the game. They it's do, absolutely yeah. mad for it. It's insane. Probably need to uh, do some more of those. Yeah. But um, so uh, so yeah. So so this is a mini. So so we're going to discuss a couple of the dispatches that we've done recently, and I think we'll we'll spend a bit of time on my one because I you know you said you wanted to do it, but um, <laughs> plus also we always do too. But um, I think your one is more interesting, and Fair people enough. will find more interesting. So we'll spend more time on that one. But cool. Should we should we go ahead? Let's dive in, yeah. Uh, yeah, so so my one was on um, uh, my one was on it was sort of um, connecting the World Cup in Japan to um, well it's called it was called Tom Cruise's World Cup 2019, which is a sort of clickbaity headline for um, the Last Samurai, which is a film that Tom Cruise is in, and the World Cup, uh, the Rugby World Cup, which is in Japan, um, and I said basically just keep just keep an eye, um, if you're watching the World Cup on TV, there will, as usual, be the sort of random intermissions where they have mm. a history of Japan, which is going to be sort of like the potted history of Japan yeah. or, the, or the sort of um, um, clean history of Japan or whatever you want to call it, which is sort of a bit fluffy and a bit like nice and whatever, but it doesn't really sort of go into the detail of what happened. And what the fundamental thing I wanted to say was, um, the first thing is, essentially, Japan would not be Japan as we know it today if it wasn't for Western influence. Um, for good or for ill, um, and um, it sort of mo- it was a very very sort of hierarchical traditional society until very very recently. So it was kind of in the space of about thirty years became modernized, industrialized, and then bang was sort of on the international scene, um, and then uh, sort of had sort of that sort of system sort of had a bit of a nasty demise in nineteen forty five. So, so keep so keep an eye on the history, and, and if you want to know more about that, you can go to episode seventeen, um, where we talk about the the creation of basically of modern Japan and the Japanese Empire, which is sort of the the end of the samurai, which is um, what the last samurai is basically about, and um, the sort of creation of the em- the empire of Japan with the emperor. It's a modern state; it's no longer a sort of feudal system. Um, it's now sort of in the world as a, as an empire, and actually becomes a very powerful. Yeah, player on the scene, well. and it's still it's still one of the most powerful countries on the in the, yeah, on the planet, power, yeah, for sure. economically speaking. Mm. Um, and um, and there was another additional thing I want to say on the Japanese samurai, um, is that in the last samurai, the film, which is worth watching, I think, even though it's, good, ent- it's good entertainment, it, it is, yeah. But but it's also interesting in the sense that it does kind of bring it to life. Oh yeah, for that for that purpose, um, I think it's a mistake to think of the samurai as some kind of like you know noble. Warriors who were just fighting for tradition. Nowhere in the film is it explained that the samurai are the equivalent of sort of feudal landlords, essentially living off peasant, pe- other peasant classes at sort of subsistence level. 
which is slightly less noble, I think. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's maybe me just being reductionist. Mm. Fair enough. But where, did, where do you think this um, idea of them is some sort of enlightened... Because it's, it's wider than just our samurai, isn't it? You see everywhere sort of samurais are this noble class of yeah. ultra warriors. Yeah. Is it just sort of Western as you misunderstand? Like, you know, in The Last Samurai you have, I think it's Timothy Spall, is that the kind of excitable Englishman who's writing that history <laughs> of the samurai ways and stuff. I think it's people like that who've given us this false impression. Uh, I think so. I mean, it's not, I don't think it's necessarily a false impression. It's just that in the, we- in the West... Yeah, yeah. In the in the West, we've been much more, you know, because it's the same, I think it's the same for, for European countries. It's just been, I think it's just been the medieval, you know, system of the church and the king being the divine mm, it's that, it's that power. It's that pyramid, isn't it? Exactly, it's, yeah. exactly. But, but like, you know, if you think of it sort of in a sort of religious mystic, mysticism kind of sense, it's kind of like, you know, the king is put there by God and the knights are the king, you know, it's like the round, you know, the knights mm. the round table type thing is is our sort of equivalent. But I think because it's been so thoroughly assassinated over yeah. years of history we, we sort of don't really see it that way anymore uh, whereas in Japan because it's still I think it's also it's because sort of what you know western history is sort of quite light I think on, on Jap- Jap- Japanese history so yeah. far well, I suppose in, in so many years it was kind of like off wasn't it yeah it wasn't, it wasn't so like yeah. don't, get, don't get over that often. yeah it's, it's quite rare to find a sort of 19th century history of Japan for instance because mm. you know it's not it's just not something historians have access to Whereas the equivalent in Britain is like you know, everywhere, people writing it all the time, <laughs> exactly, um, and um, so I think so. I think so. So there's that. So it hasn't been so thoroughly debunked, mm-hmm. like de- not debunked, but you know, re-dimensionalized. Yeah, it hasn't been sort of a um, and that and now analysed in the same way. Um, and then, uh, but there's also this sort of idea that um, I don't know. It's it's it's. it's st- I think it's still there in a sense. It's kind mm-hmm. of like this kind of idea that Japan is kind of a. A mysterious, like some sort of golden isle and yeah, like yeah, yeah. By clouds and stuff. Like yeah, that. Um, they they still. I think you know. I mean, when when you look at sort of the way government works and the way the sort of large companies work in Japan, it is still very kind of hierarchical mm. um, very um, traditional. I think in some ways, it's almost like they they almost sort of have have um, kept the kept the idea going that they're still like that. That's that it's sort of like, kind of like a big honor based thing in there. Exactly. Like, exactly. Uh, yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure what I'm which, which I think, yeah, no, I know, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So it's the honor is sort of almost like the equivalent of chivalry, isn't it? Mm. It's kind of that kind of idea where you're sort of a noble warrior. But then, but then that is the justification for being mm. in charge of all these peasants, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is, yeah, you can see the same thing kind of like a, king. A noblesse de blige. Yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah. So. So it's interesting, yeah. It's but you wouldn't see that in the film, and uh, people should be you know, people should think aware about that they were yeah. more than just yeah. might and land or exactly, like yeah. might and sort of warriors yeah. that just sort of went around and warriors right or wrong and yeah. you know, stood up for the old ways. Yeah, it's it's not basically in the film. Well, my point about the film, obviously, mm. is that no, this is never shown. No, how yeah. how are these people living? Exactly, in this you way? don't see how they. Get you don't see how they get money. Yeah. Exactly. So so yeah. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, but maybe that's a bit, you know. Well, going, going into a lot of detail there. <laughs> um, should we, unless you have any more questions on that one. No, that was my main one. I think okay. Rest them, yeah. okay. Let's smash that one out of the park. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so we'll go on to your one, which was yeah. on... So yeah, this one, my one's on Oswald Mosley, who yes. is 
I think most people will know him from his sort of later career in <laughs> as kind of like the uh, in terms of leading the what was known as the black shirts and the yeah. battle of Cable Street around fascism in the yeah. late thirties, early forties, and he was the guy. He was the front man. He was the front man of the fascists, and he's kind of become sort of if you talk about British fascism and sort of Hitler supporting Britain during the war, he's kind of the poster boy for it. So mm-hmm. he was in prison during well. I think he was actually only imprisoned in 1941, so mm. they kind of let him let him out. And then when the war started going a bit badly in France, they're like, no, no, this guy needs to go away. Yeah. And so they put him, I think he was in um, in, Isl- in one of the Islington Isl- 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 prisons, actually. But yeah, anyway, really? so, yeah, I think, but I think he was in sort of like, I think him and his wife were basically put in a cottage in the grounds, or like, he wasn't like, he wasn't in a cell, basically. Yeah. He had kind of like... He was uh, a gentleman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Honour again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, so yeah, but they, he had a quite interesting history before he got to the whole sort of fascism and National yeah. Union fascist era, which is, you know, he went through a couple of different parties, a couple yes. of different political positions. You know, in, he fought in World War One. he was wounded at World War One and invalided out because he went, he went back too quickly and the yeah. wound basically left, left with a limp for the rest of his Came life. Back, yeah. yeah, And so... Um, he was flying a desk for the rest of the world. He was, yeah. I think he actually, yeah. weirdly enough, he actually joined the uh, the Royal Flying Corps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. literally was flying, or trying to fly anyway. I think... Oh, but anyway, after the war, yeah. he yeah he kind of like anyway, as as they did in those days, it was an aristocratic family. He kind of fixated on politics. Yeah. Um. Obviously, because of his class, um, Conservative Party was kind of his first birth, really, mm. his first port of call. And he was elected at age twenty one for a constituent Harrow constituency, and he was actually the youngest person yeah. to take his seat because Sinn Fein there was a younger MP, yeah. but. Sinn Féin being Sinn Féin, Irish Republican, did don't take their seats. Yeah. So they yeah. Um. But he, so he was only actually in party for a couple of years. When was this? 1921, um, did you say? This is it. 19, sorry, he was 1918. Oh, he, he was 20. He was right. 21. Oh, he was 21. Yeah. yeah. But, I was going to say, because that's just on the very cusp, isn't it, of when Ireland stopped being part yeah. of the parliament, UK parliament system. But yeah. This is like, yeah. I, interestingly, Ireland was where he fell out with the Conservatives. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, just three years later, 1922, actually leaves the Conservatives yeah. because of the, the Irish policies and home rule yeah. and sort of stuff like that. Gets fed up with them. Uh, then crosses the, crosses the floor, so to speak, and joins Labour. Yeah. Um, he survives two le- two elections in twenty two and twenty three. Yeah. This is when the government was kind of going into crisis. Really, yeah. I think. You can tell by the number of elections, really, can't you? Yeah, and then oh, then yeah, then nineteen twenty four joins the Labour government. Um, uh, unfortunately, though, he kind of the Labour government then collapses. Yeah. So he's out again, and then interesting. I think sort of like the, the maybe the esteem they they had they the party saw him in mm. or the. Maybe because he was from a you know, higher class than a lot of the Labour MPs, Labour supporters at the time, they actually put him up against Neville Chamberlain. Yeah. Um, as like to run against him. So you know, they it'd be. Do you know? Do you they sort of saw him as a sort of, um, you know, if if the if the Conservatives are running a, I don't know, a gentleman candidate or mm. whatever you want to call them, then we probably should put somebody up who's I think kind of similar potentially, yeah, but with our views. I think so. yeah, potentially, and then but they also think it is kind of a big vote of confidence to put because Chamberlain was used to be the chance of the exchequer for the Conservatives, and obviously mm. he went on to be prime minister. So I think it's quite a big kind of vote of confidence in him, yeah. maybe showing how the party esteemed him, yeah, yeah, put yeah. Him up against a, like a massively established figure, and he only lost by seventy-seven votes. Yeah, in that election. I, think, I think there was there was some, some 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 kind of scandal at this point, wasn't there? Yeah, he there said was something about Chamberlain. Yeah, that like, was um, like ungentlemanly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Chamberlain told him to retract him immediately. Obviously, not going to do that. But yeah, so he lost that. He lost that election. He was out for like two years. Then he came back for Smethwick, which I think is in the Midlands, which is in the Midlands near Birmingham, which is where, if you are a fan of Peaky Blinders, that's where he's the MP for. Yeah. In the series because he's like he's in the constituency next to Tommy Shelby and stuff like that 
Is that right? Yeah, I think yeah. He, when, when he meets someone like after he says, I'm in the Smethicus, which is borders yours, something like that. Yeah. Um, which, which um, ironically, there is actually a town in Birmingham called Moseley. But what is the. It might well be, actually. Yeah. I mean, what, what is. The, well, in Birmingham, but mm. you're near Birmingham. Yeah, but the, yes. um, it, what, what is the what's the constituency of Tommy Shelby supposed to be for? I can't no, remember. It yeah. might be made up. Okay, it yeah, may well be made up. up I'm not sure. Sense. But yeah. It, yeah, it must be somewhere like. More in, liberties in, taken on TV. Exactly. They're just everywhere. You know, so he again, he kind of like, you know, he, he doesn't get like the, a very senior position in the Labour government. This is a, this is Ramsay McDonald's. Yeah. Um, yeah Labour government. I think this is before he became the national government. Right. This is like his Labour government. Yeah. Um, because it was just before the Wall Street crash happened. And that's what kicked everything off. So he's like a deputy in the deputy of the Chancellor of the Duchy of Lancaster, yeah, 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 which is yeah, kind of like. Yeah. Everything and nothing positions. It could be. Yeah. So I think Michael Gove is Chancellor Checker now, and yeah. he's got quite a big position in government. Chan- uh, you mean the, the D- sorry, Dutch Lancaster? Yeah. Now, and he's got quite a big role because he's there for like Brexit planning. So, yeah. but in reality, usually it's, it's, it's kind it's, of like it's a like secondary a, position. Yeah, it's like a sort of supplementary. Yeah. It doesn't really have a like. I think it's often a way of yeah. getting someone into the cabinet who there's yeah. no room for them in an actual department. Yeah. So yeah. Like, he's like a troubleshooter. Or now yeah. Gove yeah. is like the troubleshooter, and maybe, and this guy was kind of. They were tasked with solving the unemployment crisis yeah. after yeah. the Wall Street crash. So I think that yeah. maybe again a similar thing of like he's like a roving brief to yeah. do something. Yeah. Um, so yeah. a couple of couple of points. Yeah. Right? So well, a couple of points, but one of them will lead into your next point, which I yeah. think is going to come up. So when he when he was uh, when he was standing in um, uh, when he, when he, before before um, before he stood against Neville Chamberlain, I think mm. um, he drafted an economic program called the Birmingham Proposals. Yeah. You, you know about this. Vaguely, not yeah. mind death or whatever. And, and it was sort of like this um, criticism of um, basically you know, liberalism, you're saying, mm-hmm. but I, I assume that's sort of free, mar- you know, free, so. free markets, so. basically, or whatever's happening. And, and um, But also a criticism of labour socialism. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sort of, and it, and it was like this kind of um, concept of, it was basically a, a Keynesian sort of programme of, you know, kind of uh, stimulate the economy through a, through a, through a spend mm-hmm. and then to, to stimulate production yeah. and then. Raise wages and all this kind of stuff via via yeah, that mechanism. Again. So sort of a cla- yeah, this is is interesting because it's kind of classic kind of thing that somebody would bring into 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 um, into force sort of later on in the Great Depression. And in many ways, it's what Labour are kind of recommending yeah. now. I mean, uh, to be honest, like, this is what all parties yeah, are recommending now. Yeah. Sorry, not not to be political. Yeah, no, that's true. But this is sort of a universally accepted idea because yeah, um, austerity is over. So yeah, yeah. so. Manhood. He would literally want to know. This that does actually pretty well onto what I was about to say because he yeah. has his the most drafts another memorandum. Yeah, most exactly the Mosley memorandum, which is basically the same, similar but I think potentially more extreme version of what he was advocating in the Birmingham one. Yeah, which is uh, again increased borrowing and public spending. The public sector would take control of the banks, uh, <laughs> of course, yeah. um, to fund sort of yeah again nationalising British industry, yeah. bring in higher pensions. And benefits to encourage early retirement to free yeah. up more jobs. Yeah. Um, There's higher tariff, the tariffs as well, by the way. Yes, yeah, yeah. introduction tariffs and yeah, protecting British producers, yeah. classic thing. And, and what's interesting about this is that it's very similar, as we were saying off air, mm. to what Mussolini was up like. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's kind of this creation of a, um, and, and, and actually uh, in many countries, including America, mm. where they're sort of bringing together um, sort of collective um, sort of cartels of industry. In order to set the tone for how industry is going to be organised um, within the economy, if that yeah. makes sense. So how to how to sort of divvy up resources within the economy and manage it from above, mm-hmm. which is uh, sort of 
Um, I'm not sure whether you know the classic Nazi program was very similar to this. Maybe it was. It was I was just literally just yeah. reading the book, and they, they, um, it was quite yeah. similar. So, so, <laughs> but, but, but in my mind, it's more of an Italian form of fascism. But, um, but yeah. yeah, and he's getting he's getting towards that idea. Although, obviously, he's still in the Labour Party at this point. He so. is, yeah. And it, but this is where it all kind of like splits for him because he yeah. takes it and ironically as you know this is the weekend where labor labor conference starts that we're this on he takes the, his memorandum to labor conference mm. signed by 16 labor mps including anorian bevan i think that's how you say his name anorian anorian i thought it was anaya anaya something like that as well but, yeah, yeah. yeah we'll yeah. go with your one because i don't know i've never actually heard it said so i was just trying mm. to spell out phonetically mm-hmm. um, but it's probably as well probably is not phonetic in any way <laughs> um, but yeah Anyway, the guy who yeah. came up with the NHS and Harold Macdon- and Harold Macmillan as well, by the way. Yes, yeah, bizarrely. But yeah, but he was always into like kind of like you know his house building. He's a fascist. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, come I mean, I mean, what, 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 I mean, uh, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not just throwing the label around lightly. But mm. if we're going to call um, what's his name um, Mosley a fascist, then you know, a, a duck that quacks is. I don't know. Like, it's just yeah. you know what I mean. Like if they're, they're sort well, of well, they, they wouldn't kind call of common themselves. threads that yeah. go through all of them. Yeah, mean, like maybe they. And they were unifying in Hitler. This is what I was saying off air. Like, you, uh, Hitler is somehow an outlier because politically he's so a genocidal maniac, yeah. basically. But um, but that doesn't appear to be a thing yet, somehow. Yeah. In, in well, I think with him, yeah, he, he, he doesn't, yeah, definitely doesn't seem to be at this point have the sort yeah. of, you know, it's the Jews' fault kind of um, thing, mentality that he says a lot. Or um, yeah. he, is, he is definitely broad enough in terms of uh, attracting, obviously, people like um, some trade union leaders as well yeah, yeah. and again a few not like a big party a big portion of the Labour Party but you know a decent number so yeah. 16, 17 MPs is quite you know, quite a useful yeah. starting point yeah. um, but you know the main party rejected the idea narrowly yeah. Add. but um, yeah so he then obviously got a bit of huff about it mm. um, founded his own group which split away from the party and I think him and about five or six other Labour MPs split off including mm. his wife um, who was also an MP wow okay. at this time right. um, yeah and so they founded something that was called quite appropriately the new party um which is if yeah if you're change UK yeah change UK <laughs> if you are watching Peaky Blinders this is kind of the period that they're meant to be this is the party he's meant to be founding in the period that Peaky Blinders is set mm. but they just skip that bit out and go straight to fascism with them mm. which is kind of disappointing but um so yeah, yeah this new party started off kind of espousing these left-wing ideas and nationalization yeah and it, but it only it kind of starts sliding towards more recognisable, what would what be recognisably turned fashion in terms of it turns a bit more violent in terms yeah. of the paramilitary groups yeah, yeah, yeah. that he hires in called the, the Biff Boys. Um, yeah. Basically, they're kind of like muscle at his his rallies to break one break up other yeah. people's rallies and to like protect him. And it's, I think it's an yeah. England rugby captain like against yeah. them. Um, and so it's kind of around this time, he, 1931, they try to launch their party in terms of electoral force but it doesn't really do very well it just splits the you know classically in the British system it just splits the left wing vote yeah. and um, kind of damages Labour instead mm. um, so you know after this he kind of goes on this kind of study tour of Europe to see what the rest of the world's yeah. up to and the big as you mentioned as you mentioned before his big kind of influence was Mussolini at this point so yeah. I think this is where he really starts you know fascism or like Aggressive fascism, maybe we call it. Yeah, kind of I, like think, I think it's, the it's, seeds were already there. It's but kind this of where it's, kind of like it, brings back more of those everything, ideas from. Yeah, sort of everything that people would associate with fascism. Mm. So this is sort of like like mega nationalism, yeah. militarism, sort of as militarism, well, yeah, and like just kind of yeah, break like physically breaking up. Yeah, um, other political parties, strikes mm. uh, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. That's, and, that's and, and obviously, eventually, the sort of racism as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That kind of like comes more to the point. So again, it like yeah. when the new party is 
found that it's not founded on those lines as much, but mm. as it's in, as it's a thing through to 1931, they kind of start coming out a bit more and more. Um, that's where he starts losing support from the left wing, yeah, because these kind of a bit more racist ideologies yeah. start coming. And then, and then when he goes to Europe and goes around, that's when it's like he comes back with the idea that actually, you know, this is what I'm you know, big firm central authoritarian leadership is where we need to go yeah. in terms of not just centralising but centralising with yeah. an almost aggressive intention of that yeah, makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Um, like, is that, that's the way to basically regenerate the country and but, but it's also, strong but, again. But, but he also identifies himself as sort of um, I think importantly which obviously, obviously loses him left wing support mm. he identifies himself as an anti-communist yes, that's and, true, and yeah, uses yeah. and as, as we were saying yeah. he uses, he uses his, his, his biff boys mm. to um, break up communist break party yeah. and strike breakers and, and strikers and whatever mm. But he's also, but he, obviously, on the other hand, he's also anti-capitalist. So yeah. it's it's a bit, it's an interesting kind of bit. It's basically, it's kind of, kind of becoming a. It's just a bit weird for us to really imagine it, really, in this kind yeah. of because we've been through the Cold War and everything, which is kind of like it's kind of almost like a capitalism pers- completely apart. Whereas yeah. back then, yeah, there was kind of like a more. I don't know. It's kind of weird to think back, but they, you know, as you said, he kind of dislikes both. Yeah, but also kind of. In, Incorporates a bit of both of them. What what, ways, what, like, what what I'm seeing in my own sort of <laughs> in my my humble but accurate really opinion, <laughs> um, the, uh, the the distinction obviously is because he 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 obviously thinks so. So you got you got you got two, you got two sort of poles, I suppose, economically speaking. You got people who want to organise the economy mm. and people who don't want to organise the economy. But then, if you're going to organise the economy, which obviously the socialists and the fascists want to do. Mm. In how you do it, which I assume is their difference. Um, whereas, uh, whereas obviously um, socialists and communists are more like you know nationalised means of production, do this, do that. Um, this is more. We won't nationalise specifically nationalise things, but we will sort of keep nominally private companies and have sort Cartel of councils. Yeah, 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 exactly. Have sort of councils that will decide mm. how things work. The, the phrase that the Nazi book I'm reading, the Nazi book, the Nazi communist book, not like how, yeah. keeps using is oligopoly kind of thing which I think yeah in, I don't know in some I mean, ways it's, it's like suppose. give it sort of in some ways kind of I think it encapsulates in terms of basically these kind of like wealthy groups of people yeah under the direction of the state will kind of run the industry or yeah. like direct the idea which is kind of kind of a decent enough description of it I suppose. yeah it doesn't it, fit entirely but yeah it's I mean it's, a, it's like it's like like it's a cartel but it, it, yeah, a cartel it, directed by someone else almost. well no it, it is a cartel and it's a cartel with a referee Mm. Who has the power to enforce she the cartel? <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, because, um, because, I mean, I mean, one of the things I've been reading recently about this kind of the era in the in the nineteenth century. I don't want to get too far into this, but but it's quite interesting. Is how difficult it is actually to create a cartel in America. Mm. The railroad companies always had difficulty creating a cartel, and and oil companies as well had difficulty creating cartels because once the cartel is formed. And prices and production, uh, sorry, prices start going up because obviously they, that's what they want. Mm. And production starts going down because again, that's that's how they make their money via the cartel. And they they all agree not to compete with yeah. each other. Um, at, while that happens, the incentive to escape from a cartel and make a bunch of profit mm-hmm. off of lowering your prices and ruining all your partners yeah. basically is enormous. And the pressure that creates on the cartel means that it is kind of broken fairly frequently yeah. in the 19th century right, yeah. but now with the, with the government in charge if you if you run you get exactly you, down you, exactly you, yeah. you get you get punished sort of you get punished so yeah. it's, it's an interesting sort of development on that mm. yeah i know but yeah it's just fascinating he's a really yeah. fascinating person i think and he kind of like yeah because the, he ended in fascism basically or what we now and now fascism we 
and gets so close to Hitler and his racism, yeah. he kind of gets overshadowed by that. Yeah. And it's like we kind of forget where he was before it. Yeah. Um, we forget all the other inter- the bits that made him into it or yeah. where he ended up. You know, we forget the journey he went on beforehand. Yeah. And he also, of course, was married to one of the Mitford sisters who were an interesting bunch oh. of their own. Like, so I think he was married to Diana Mitford, but she was a big, she was a, a, a used to be at least, um, yeah, I can't remember the exact ones. There was five of them, I think. Mm-hmm. One was a really strong communist, one was a really strong fascist. There's Unity Mitford, who was big friends with, I think, Hitler and Goebbels. Right. Um, was that that was how he got his connection? Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. So he was actually, I think, he got married in Goebbels' yeah. like yeah. living room or something yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> so bizarre. Yeah. I think the link was it's almost like, like an all-star cast yeah. of all the worst people in history. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was, I think, it was Unity Mitford, the younger sister of his wife, who introduced them, and she used the, yeah. the link between Hitler and him in some ways. Yeah. And obviously, then the sisters all hated each other when the war started, basically. Yeah. And some of them liked him, and some of them didn't. Yeah. One's a one's a very famous novelist now. Yeah, they're really yeah. fascinating family. When the, the war, when the war broke, to him. Uh, yeah. yeah, when the war broke out, he was actually anti-war. Not surprisingly, yeah. but I am usually of the opinion that if you're, if it's the right prescription for the wrong reason, that's better than the wrong prescription for the right reason. Mm. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, so, he's, he's more interesting than I think people give him credit for. Definitely. Now yeah. we just think of him as some sort of vicious Nazi, like yeah. like semi-Nazi thug, or just Nazi thug in many ways. Yeah. Whereas Nazi, there was more interesting bits to him, and I think unfortunately he, he, he was on. I think he was on trend right until oh, yeah, he was basically he, Hitler. Basically, yeah, well, until think, he started being pals with Hitler. Yeah, I think you know the disappointing thing about this is that Pete Binds. I think it's just going to yeah like focus on that bit. Well, yeah, it's just going to cement people's understanding of him as just a like a vicious Nazi, Nazi basically, yeah. um, and it's just going to make them again not focus on the rest of him which yeah. is more interesting and kind of again shows a bit more of the period i think yeah shows a bit more depth in the period definitely we think of it as yeah um, which you think at the moment which you think of nazis and non-nazis and, yeah. and communists yeah whereas actually there's a big as we've seen from him there's a big sort of melting pot of different yeah people views especially ideologies. yeah especially yeah. especially on the side of of yeah sort of authoritarian mm. type ways of managing societies yeah but yeah, so yeah. that's him really in a kind of a bit yeah. of a tangential nutshell oh, i think, yeah. I think it's, it was good it's really yeah. interesting yeah um, it, it's, it's especially fascinating because obviously, as, as we said, it's actually on TV right now. Yeah. So um, you can go and watch it. Yeah, I think but the last episode... But before you go and watch... Sorry. I say the last episode of Peaky Blinders is today. Is it? Yeah. Okay. It with the, this but it's on BBC iPlayer. It's all on BBC okay, iPlayer, yeah. Because okay. yeah. I haven't watched any beyond the first one. Yeah. So. You need to catch up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> catch up. Um, but yeah, before you go and watch it, though, you must uh, go to our email list and, yes, and subscribe sign up, yeah. immediately. <laughs> um, and also before that, you could also... Well, if you don't want to do that, if you don't feel like doing, doing that... Uh, perhaps you want to sort of get involved in something before that. Play the revolution game, yeah. or play the nineteenth century politicians game as well. Ah, uh, yes, you can. Yeah, yeah, you can play the yes, the prime minister's yeah. quiz, um, and find out which prime minister you are. Yeah. I need. To, I think I need to upgrade that, by the way, because it's well, I think we could do like a, 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 a better a, one. A nineteenth century leaders quiz as well, because then we could have all roads lead to Bismarck. Yes, yeah. <laughs> all the answers, of Bismarck. <laughs> yeah. and then and then the results pages of justification <laughs> yeah, yeah. for Let's why you are Bismarck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe that would work. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, okay. I can see that being really popular. <laughs> I think Bismarck would like it too. Yeah. I also think that guy um, that we mentioned, on the, uh, that you were talking to on Twitter, the podcast on Germany, would mm. quite like a Bismarck quiz of some kind. Yeah. Anyway, that, that's all to come. But you won't find out about it unless you're on the email list. That is so true. You never know. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, well, apart from podcasts. But yeah. yeah. 
Um, yeah. But the detail will be on the email. Yeah, the actual enjoyment of playing it and finding you are Bismarck. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we get all different pictures of Bismarck, like which Bismarck are you today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're all just angry Bismarck. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean, you could have different shades of Bismarck. You could have, you could have Bismarck in the bath on his spa day. Yes, yeah. You could Bismarck, have Bismarck at the conference angry because he's not on his spa day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or you could have that weird kind of film that you had of Bismarck. Oh, yeah, taking his hat off and just Being like, a clown, basically. Yeah. Um, or also, you have the battleship Bismarck being like. Yeah sinking the hood and then being sunk itself yeah, yeah. that would all work and I, I think the last one would be well I think probably that's the last yeah. one but but the pre-last one would be be a sort of empty empty chair empty chair and Europe just inflamed yeah yeah pretty much, pretty much, yeah, yeah the 19 yeah when um, Wilhelm the yeah. second wreck so, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah literally so um, yeah and Bismarck being in there yeah <laughs> or, or possibly just relaxing and reading a book not really yeah. caring yeah. In, in, his, in his bar um, <laughs> but yeah there you go. That that'll do for today's episode. And yeah. uh, get good night. Email. That's the uh, yes. Yeah, good night. <laughs> Probably a better better sign off, isn't it? Really. Yeah. Yeah.